You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, this is Chesney Hawks here. You are watching My Hammers 11 with the one and only Russ. Hi everybody, Russ from My Hammers 11. Hope you are all safe and well. For your channel, please consider subscribing and hitting the bell icon so you may have any time we put new content on. As always, I'd like to thank our lovely channel sponsor, Untuck It. Check them out in the description below. So, in the crazy world of European football at the moment, where I bring to you a ray of sunshine all the way from Australia, <laughs> in Rich Garcia. Obviously, we've been very fortunate to have lots of ex-players on the on the channel, almost seventy, I think now, um, and and Rich is no exception. Um, made over, I think, in all in all his time at West Ham, something like twenty-two first team appearances in total. Um, part of that fantastic FA Youth Cup winning side where we've had lots of them on recently, so it's great to keep that sort of momentum going. And, and now he's uh, he's head coach at Perth Glory. So uh, how are we doing, Rich? How are you doing, man? Uh, very good. After a long day at work, it's uh, it's good to come back and reminisce a little bit. Yeah, that's what I mean. We were just talking beforehand, you know, Christ knows what's going on in the world of European football. So let's talk about the old days. Let's give a bit of break in the, you know, in the, uh, in the conversation. Because it's all about the, the ESL at the moment. It's doing my head in. It's doing my head in the moment. It's mental. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great at the moment. <laughs> it isn't. But, uh, and, and, and in terms of, uh, I mean, how are things over there? You know, because obviously I, you know, I'm a bit, little bit sort of naive to, to how, obviously with the pandemic and stuff and how it affected the Premier League and, and stuff like that. How did it affect the, the, the A-League so much? Um, what was the, did, how long was you shut down for and, and things like that? Uh, yeah, look, I think when it first came about, we, we shut down uh, pretty much the whole country straight away. And, you know, we ended up having to, to fly over to Sydney and sort of play under a bubble sort of situation where we weren't allowed to leave the hotel and um, literally just going to games and training. Uh, and that sort of got the season out of the way last year. And this year has been just as difficult. I think we've had the last sort of three, four months almost away from home, um, just in case our borders closed in WA. Um, we've, we've probably been the tightest in WA as far as border restrictions and, you know, not opening to certain places. And, um, 
you know, we've had to actually do a couple of stints of quarantine as well on the way back from the away yeah. games. So that's sort of been uh, a span in the works. But as far as life in general, we've actually been pretty, yeah. pretty blessed that, you know, the country's sort of gone on as normal. You know, we've lived life as normal uh, very much in WA. It's been, it's been fantastic. You know, I don't think we've had a, a, a public uh, case or, or a transmission, a public transmission for over a year. So, Wow. You know, for us, it's all been hotel quarantine stuff, which is which has been fantastic. You know, we live life as normal, so I think everyone realizes how blessed we are to to, to be here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it, it it does seem like that. I've I've friends over in Australia and in New Zealand as well, and the way the sort of that the pandemic's been handled there, you know, as you said, it's relatively life back to normal kind of things, and it's you know, although, although we've we had the pubs open, the pubs opened last <laughs> Monday. But you can only sit outside in groups of six. But it's a start, Rich. It's a start, man. It's a start. We're getting there. And hopefully, if the Premier League is is still still going, um, we could have some fans in by the end of the season, which would be nice. Which would be nice, particularly for West Ham, because obviously West Ham typically it's taken West West Ham to break into the top four to have the whole collapse of European football. That's what we've done. That's what we've done. Oh, it's such a West Ham thing. And you, I mean, you know more than ever, Rich, you know, it's such a West Ham thing, you know, but we're having a great season. It's great. And, you know, it's long may it continue and we'll see what happens, whatever happens, happens. But yeah, it's um, the transformation has been somewhat um, uh, unexpected in the last, uh, in the last season, but no, it's all good. Um, and, and obviously, as I said, you're, you're, you're your head coach at, at Perth Glory now, up and down season, I think fair to say this season. Yeah. Again, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of challenges um, being on this side and, and having the restrictions. We've had to play yeah. a lot away, and um, that takes its toll. And I suppose it's a little bit like the Premier League not playing in front of fans. I think it's sort of you sort of lose a little bit of your edge, and that's sort of um, a bit of what's happened to us this season is that we've been away from home quite a bit, and you know you get you get tired being on the road, and, and uh, things things mount up. So. You know, we've got a, a stretch of go, games at home now, which, which will be fantastic. Um, but, yeah, very, very interesting world uh, that we live in at the moment, um, and especially in football. Yeah, it is, it is, it is. <laughs> I think that's the best way to describe it, Rich. Very interesting at the moment. Right, anyway, let's, 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 let's part this. Let's talk about, let's talk about the, let's reminisce. So, um, you know, it, Rich's story is quite incredible, I think. Um, and I, I was talking to, I was talking to, um, I was talking to the other day, uh, Sean Byrne, we interviewed Sean Byrne, and, and he was talking about, and, and also Dar- Darren McMahon as well, and they were really interested, because obviously you came over, so how did it all start? Because if I if I, if I remember correctly, you were scouted at 15, was it 15? Yeah, it was 15, yeah. Um, I was playing here in sort of like the local comp, and um, actually my brother was a footballer, um, and he was sort of like in the young Socceroos. He was like under 17s and the Joeys and stuff like that. And um, he had a guy that I think had good connections with West Ham uh, called Gary Williams. And he actually wanted to take my brother over to the UK. Um, and it just so happened that he said, oh, my brother's playing today. Come down and watch and I'll speak to you at the game. He watched the game and then after the game, he said, well, I want to take his both now. So that's how it sort of came about. He watched me for one game and sort of said, well, I think, I think you've got enough to, to go over. So, you know, let's work out where we're going to send you. Um, and in the end, my brother got injured and ended up staying and, and I ended up going to West Ham. So, um, yeah, very lucky, very, very lucky that the opportunity arose, I suppose. Yeah. And, and I mean, as a, and as a 15-year-old, 
traveling across halfway across the or almost the whole way across the world um but to play in the premier league or play for an english club must have been like this is just like roy of the rovers boyhood dream stuff it must have been such a, it must have been incredibly um what's the word nervous because obviously you know you, you're moving to another country um but uh, it must have been just excitement must have been off the off the chart off the chart yeah for me you know I look back now and I think it's crazy. You know, I yeah. see like nieces and cousins that are sort of 15 years old and I think, how the hell did I go over there at that age? And you know, when I speak to my mum about it and she always says, you know, she goes, it was crazy that we let you go, but at the same time, you know, I don't think we would have been able to stop you. Um, because, you know, for me, I, I just thought what a fantastic opportunity. And I was so excited about moving away from home and going to play um, in England and especially for West Ham, you know, they were in the Premier League and, you know, so for me as a young kid, it was, it was such an awesome thing to do and, and, you know, looking back now, it seems a little bit crazy because of the age I was, but, you know, I, I wouldn't take it back for one minute. No, no, of course not, of course not, mate. And, as you said, and then obviously, yeah, youth team and then obviously, you know, part of that youth team experience was that fantastic youth team that, that that whole team was incredible and obviously culminated in the FA Cup Youth Cup, which we still talk about. You scored in every round, I believe, that cup, if I'm right. And and, and what was so special about that that, that group of players? Because they still you still have a really tight bond, it seems, as well. You still talk, you know, a lot of them talk to each other and stuff. What was it about that team that was so special? Look, I think we had a lot of time together. Um, we used to be at the training ground from, you know, eight till four, um, hanging around to wait to do jobs and you know it was just a good bunch of guys and I, I think not even just the youth team just the club in general you know it was a very um, was a very good place to be at the time and it was very homely you know it, it always had a good feel about it and everyone was very friendly you know from from the first team players all the way you know to the, to the kit man everyone was so friendly and and, and warm that it always felt like a home away from home for, 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 for a lot of the players. So, you know, we, yeah. we sort of used to hang around all the time and have to do our jobs and things like that. And I think just everyone got along. You know, everyone in that youth team got along. And I think, you know, Tony Carr sort of bred that environment amongst the lads as well, you know, an environment of um, competition, but at the same time, you know, that, uh, that everyone was um, together uh, as a group. And I think over time, you just, you just become pals. And I think that showed on the park when we played together, we used to enjoy playing football together we enjoy spending our spare time together as well so that's why we all probably still have that connection yeah definitely and as you said it was a it was a it was a great time i mean that was you know as a as a fan parking this this current sort of generation it was such an enjoyable time to be a west ham fan because you had obviously you guys are winning we had like obviously you had harry and it was a successful period we had you know there was loads of characters i mean as a kid you know when you go in and you know you've got the likes of righty was around uh razor trevor sinclair you know as a development you know for you it's they've <laughs> put you right in the middle of it really um <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, definitely. They were, they were fantastic older pros, you know. They were um, just the culture within the club, as far as the way they they included you and, and made you feel welcome. And um, you know, we had fantastic older pros that would would get you involved in things. And uh, you know, that type of environment was was fantastic for us because for me, it was like a, the the closest thing that I'd seen to to any type of professional or, or senior team. So. 
to see those guys and, 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 and watch them day in, day out and the way they enjoyed their football and the way they enjoyed life in general was, was fantastic. And, you know, they always gave us a lot of time. You know, you talk about Ryan, I remember, you know, Ryan coming in for a, a session. Um, he, I think he was injured at the time. And, you know, he just took myself and Michael Ferranti to the side and said, you know, come, come do some finishing with me. You know, that, that type of stuff is, is so valuable to a, to a young kid. You've got someone of his caliber, you know, taking you around the corner to, to, to practice finishing, you know. So not only did we get good coaching, we actually had a good environment of, of senior pros that wanted to pass um, the torch on and pass their skills on. Yeah, exactly. It, it, and, and I get that. It, it gets echoed by everyone we talked to who was around that time. Um, it just seemed like a, the right bunch, particularly, as you said, for for for, for you guys developing, uh, you know, your first sort of foray into a professional club to be thrown in the deep end with Ruddock and Wrighty and stuff like that. It was just, I mean, who did you have to clean anyone's boots, Rich? Uh, who do I have? I think I had, uh, I can't even remember who I had. I think I had, did I have any peers? No, I didn't have any peers. I can't remember exactly. I know I had I know I had Ian Dowling to start with, um, and he was pretty hard going. Um, <laughs> and then you know what? Actually, later on, when he took over at Hull, I was there. He goes, you, you know, he goes, you used to do my boots. I remember that. Did a shit job. It was it was a fantastic environment. You know, I remember like people like Johnny Moncur used to tell us stories. And you're a young kid and you listen to these stories, and you tell them with such humour that. You, it was just a, a joy to go in every day and, and you're always looking to those guys to see what they do next for you, you know, so it was, it was great. Yeah, no, it was. It did sound like great, and and obviously, you know, eventually, you know, obviously, you signed pros and and stuff like that, and and then and then you sort of you made your debut, and 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 it, as I played over, to, you know, 20, 20 or twenty two more more games than me, Rich, twenty two more than <laughs> me at West Ham. Um, obviously, injury was obviously an an issue, and it happens. It's, it's so many, as you said, we've had people like Izzy on and, and various others who kept getting injured and. You, you felt, I mean, that environment was, was such a, uh, I mean, with Harry, he, he liked to bring on kids and, you know, obviously you saw the progression of Joe and, and Michael and Frank into the first team. It, you know, it's one of those things I think which is a shame that we didn't get in more of that, of that 99, make that impact. Do you know what I mean? Um, it was, it was, it was a shame because obviously it was such a, it was such a good team, such a good team. Yeah, definitely. I, I think look, that, that was something that was always, in everyone's mind of the youth team, because you'd seen the likes of Rio and Frank go mm. up, and I think, you know, Lee Hodges and uh, Manny yeah. were sort of in and around it as well. And there were always uh, a few younger guys in and around the squad. So everyone felt like, you know, if you were at the top of, of the of the tree in that sort of, in the youth team, yeah, yeah. that was a chance for you to, to, to succeed, you know? So I think that probably drove us to be better. And, and I think when you, when you get an environment like that, everybody wants it. So... Um, yeah, look, I mean, it's disappointing that you couldn't couldn't have built something that, that was probably more sustainable with, with the group that we had. Um, and the group below us were probably just as good, you know, when you look at the likes of Leon Britton and, and Jermaine Defoe and uh, guys like in that category. So, um, yeah, but I think that's something that takes long-term vision and, and, and you've got to have some someone at the club that's actually got that vision for the club. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And as you said, you know, you reeled off like so many players. I mean, that that whole academy under Tony was was just yeah, just a convey about, wasn't it? It was. I think it was basically. I think it was sort of Rio. That sort of that that sort of yeah, sort of the class just before you, and then it just like kept on going for about four, three, three or four seasons of 
just producing these first teamers and it was um it was just phenomenal and obviously you know for you you know you end up playing like as you said you know as a kid coming over at 15 you know then making your debut and and you know playing a playing a lot of, compared to some people a lot of games you know um in terms of being in and around the squad um for me it was like it was always, you know, I always, uh, and all the fans, they always root for the for the kids, always root for yeah. the kids. So when you came on and they said, come on, Rich, you know, it was like, come on, Rich, yeah. come on, you know, and particularly come out for injury, come on, Rich, you could do it. You know, it was always a, a big swirl of um, support whenever the, the sort of you or is it or Hodgy or Manny or, although I wish Manny didn't come on one game. There was one game I wish he didn't come on, which was the uh, Aston Villa game in the club, which he only played and then we got it reversed. Oh dear, one day I'll talk to him about it. I'm sure there's a few games that young boys have come on and everyone's gone, oh, I wish he didn't come on. But I mean, in terms of that, in terms of the development of youth, is that something that you've taken through into your into your managing and coaching style in terms of, you know, being influenced by by Tony's work, basically? Definitely, definitely. You know, I think, I think that whole period of my life probably had a big influence of, of where I went and um, obviously now being in a, in a position that I'm coaching very much so, you know, that um, you do give opportunities to young guys and you try and develop young guys and um, again, I feel like that's probably even more important in Australia that you're developing from within because we don't have the luxury of of, of the amount of one people and, and, and two, the, the flexibility to go out and get players from other countries. So... Um, that's really important to us, and that's probably at the core of, of where we're at at the moment within the club. But I mean, when you look at when you look at the opportunities that we're given to those young guys, you, you know, and some guys some guys take it with two hands and, and, and run with it, and other guys, um, you know, stumble at the first hurdle. So um, I was sort of somewhere in between that, and you know, like I said, like after injury and things like that, you know, I, I sort of feel like I probably didn't do as well as I, I probably should have. Uh, when I did have those opportunities and, and probably back a little bit of self-belief after some, some injuries, but yeah. um, it took me a while to, to, to get back into form and get back from injuries and things like that. So, um, you know, that's that's sometimes where it lies. And, and, and I think the fact that those guys are getting chances, you know, is, is a fantastic testament to the club, you know? Yeah, no, I, t I totally agree. And, and, and as you said, you know, uh, I mean, I'm, you know, I used to go see, watch the Orient. I, I remember seeing you at the Orient. You went on there on loan, and obviously, you know, went to Colchester, played a lot of games with Hull and stuff like that. So it seems that what, what I loved about that sort of that generation, and you mentioned like Hodgy and Izzy and people like that, you know, they could have stayed in the squad. You know, they could have kept going. I mean, Hodgy was in. Hodgy said, "Yeah, Harry offered me a, a contract, but I wanted to play first team football." And you know, and 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 as I said, you've all gone and played over a hundred games for other clubs. You know, what I mean, and um, I mean, when when the when when sort of obviously leaving because obviously you know it must have been especially for you because you came over at 15 you know it's like for West Ham you go into the first team you know he's around about the first team and then around I think it's at 2004 something like that you know you obviously moved to Colchester um when that offer came in from Colchester it was an undisclosed fee wasn't it I think was there was it was it a was it a big a big leave, a big bind to having to leave West Ham to go to Colchester? Or was it more of a, you know, actually, I want to go there because I want to play games. I want to make a, a career out of this, sort of a league career out of my my, my profession. Yeah, it was it was pretty much both, you know. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd been at West Ham for so long that I actually, for me as well, I felt like I'd, I'd, I left, unfulf not unfulfilled, but I felt like I could have 
cracked it at West Ham and, and yep. stayed here and, and been there for a lot longer. Um, but I know when, when Pardew came in that, you know, he brought in a load of young guys and yeah. we had that conversation with him and he sort of said, look, well, you're in, in and around it, but you're on the periphery. I'm not going to guarantee you football. And that's, and that's fine as well, you know, that you can't really guarantee people football. But from those comments there, I knew that, you know, he was offering me a contract, but it didn't come with that that starting position, which is something I needed to do. You know, I needed to start spreading my wings. And, yeah. and I think, you know, with with playing, you get more confident. With, you know, with playing, you get more experience. So mm. you don't then don't become a little bit wet behind the ears as, as you are when you're a young kid. So I think that it was probably the right decision at the, at the end of the day. But, you know, really, it would have been nice to be able to, to, to play that many games for West Ham. Yeah, no, I tell you, that makes perfect sense. Do you know, your, your conversation you had with Pardew is exactly the same conversation that Hodges told me he had with Harry. There's the contract, but I can't guarantee your first team football. And he was like, right, well, I, you know, I want to, you know, having particularly yourselves, you know, you, you're in and around the first team, you know, you've had you've had your taste of it. It's all about being in the first team match day squad, isn't it? It's not this, it's, it's all, it's not about being a ball boy or, or clean people's boots. You know, it's about being around there. And I totally get that, man. I totally get that. And obviously, as we said, you know, you, you were at West Ham for a long time. So um, you, you played with a lot of great players and trained with a lot of great players. And so what we do is we put together this My Hammers 11. And you've seen, I know you've seen a few. And as a coach, you know, you've got extra pressure, Rich, because, you know, you know, <laughs> Because <laughs> oh, I've got different 11s for different things, you know. You can pick, you can pick, it's your 11, man. So you can pick it on what criteria you want. It could be the best 11 you played with, it could be the most fun 11 you want to. That might be cool, like the most fun because also then no one can take the piss. You can't, you're not gonna get a phone call from Izzy. Go, why have you not put me in? I was better than Rio, or, you know. That's what I mean. It might be the, the most fun. That might be nice because this world, we need a bit of fun at the moment, Rich, to be honest. You know what I mean? So it's up to you. You can pick whoever you want, man. But um, but you you uh, we'll start off in goal. You can pick who you want, and you can tell us what criteria you want. You can say most notable mentions, so you don't piss off anyone as well. That's what yeah. a lot of people do. Um, but it's all just a bit of fun. Yeah, no worries. Um, look, goals is uh, it's a hard one because there's a few character goal goalkeepers. Um, but I think. By far, the, the strangest was David Jones. So I'll go David Jones. <laughs> Let me get J-Way's number. Yeah. Tell me, why is David James so strange? We've had him um, on, so you can so you can slag him off. I've had him on now, so you can slag him off. Remember, he used to drink like 400 teas a day or 400 coffees a day. And, you know, he used to read books about black holes and, you know, astrophysics. And <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing that for? But he, he was actually an interesting character, an interesting guy to talk to because he'd always have something... Uh, out of the out of the square to to talk about. Yeah, something a bit so, different than something a bit different. Yeah. He's a good goalkeeper as well, so I'll, I'll probably add that in there as well. Yeah, he's a good goalkeeper. He was a good goalkeeper. Uh, funny enough, we interviewed him when we interviewed him. He did, he did his eleven, and afterwards, um, he said, "Yeah, bye, no ways." We said goodbye. Next day, he was filming something, and um, I know I knew the guys he was filming with. And they text me afterwards, and they said we were talking about your your interview, Russ, and and David James couldn't remember, couldn't believe he forgot to put Paolo Di Canio in his eleven. <laughs> it's like I can't believe I forgot Paolo. You know what I mean? It's like he put Defoe and and Canuta. So bless him. He, he, he was all right. I, I love James. He was he was really open. You know, I, I love I love honest players. And he was like, you know, yeah. Sometimes I did I did f up a little bit. You know, I flapped a bit, and I'm a goalkeeper. That's what happens, isn't it? It's true. <laughs> 
<laughs> right, let's go into defence. Let's 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 let's. We're going to play anything clever. We're going to go four four two. Rich, what what's your style? What's what's? Are you a four four two man or are you a wing back man? What's what's your normal style? I'm a, I'm a bit of three five two. I think we played three five two in the youth in the youth cup. So I used to like three five two, and I, I still like that type of yeah. football. Um, I think I might I might go for a, I might go for a four four two. Uh, you know, I'll go for four three three just to mix it up. Oh, you? just 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 to mess it about, just for me to get a new a new uh, a new graphic up. No problem. <laughs> Okie dokie, four three three. It is then, my friend. Right. Okay. So we will put Jamo in goal. That's done. So who's going to be left back then? Left back, I'll go for. I'll go Nigel Winterburn. Oh, Nigel Winterburn. I like it. Why Nigel? Just because he was an all-round nice guy. I think you know he was. He was sort of coming towards the, the back end of his. His career and he just you know had a lot of time for the young guys and, and gave a lot of good advice about about football and about careers and um you know he was pretty consistent in what he did you know he, he probably wasn't the most uh, exciting footballer in the world but he's always consistent in what he did yeah 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 and he was I mean, yeah you're right he was part of that sort of group we we had like a few of them and, and actually most of them you played with probably during your time but we had these sort of slightly coming to the end of their careers sort of uh Left backs, really. They were all left backs, really. Obviously, we had him, we had Piercy, we had um, Chris Powell, we had uh, we had Rufus Brevet as well. Eventually, you know, yeah, then, yeah. as well. We had Scotty Minto. Yes, uh, and look, that was a, again. That's one of the fantastic things about that era is that you know we were lucky enough to to come across. You know, we had, I was thinking about it now. We had Les Ferdinand. You know, that's yeah. You know, when you look at players like that, they, they, yes, they're coming towards their Teddy, Teddy Sheridan, you know, so you, you've got players of, of the highest calibre and, and to be able to learn off these guys in their twilight is, you know, sensational. Yeah. Absolutely, totally, and 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 it's it's funny we've got Scott's coming on soon as well. It's just funny how it all sort of pans out. It's not like we planned this or anything, but Scott should be coming on soon. So I mean, but you're right, and it was like it was that era, and and you know, as you said, I mean, some some like Teddy, for example, Teddy came on and ended up being top goal scorer that that you know the seasons he, he was there, and uh, you know Stuart Pearce was was hammer of the year the year he was there, um, and obviously Pearce is still you know he's back at the club now, which is fantastic, and you know long may that continue. But yeah, it's I think it's important, particularly even for you guys for the youth having these guys who have been there done that i mean nige has been there done that you know winterburn had done it all you know part yeah. of the invincibles or whatever you know he was he was it so um yeah fantastic servant for the club that was for sure right okay nige is in he's left back let's go right back let's go the other side then rich i'll go the extreme opposite of glenn johnson glennie johnson oh yeah good old glenn johnson what a what a player was he before he left <laughs> to the fame I've ever seen, he, you know, but he, he, he was always good in the youth team and he, he really performed in that first year when he came in. So I think he yeah. deserves a mention. Part of that is part of that era that he'd, you know, we had to, as you said, all you, we had some really good players come through and, you know, as a fan, you'd go, oh, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. He's so good. Oh, how long till he goes? <laughs> and, he, and he did, unfortunately, quite early on. Just away. Yeah, it always happens. Always happens. Not this year. No, yeah, yeah. Particularly now, if you know, if the if the we're not talking about the EFL, we're not talking about the ESL, we're not talking about them. But anyway, Declan Rice isn't leaving, surely. Um, right. Okay. So that's the right. That's the right back. Center half. First center half. Then, Rich. Uh, I'll go. I'll go Razor because he's. Oh, you know, I love. He's an eye opener. He was a very much an eye opener. You know, on and off the park. You know, um, such a character around the place and. 
you know, especially for us young guys coming through. Okay. Very much so he, he, was, he was such a good character to have around the place, always laughing and joking around and uh, had a sweet sweet left foot on him as well. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we had him on, we had Razor on and and I, I had um, an halfway for the interview. Um the dishwasher man turned up at my house to get repair my dishwasher and uh and, and I left the camera running. And, and Razor on his own is a scary proposition. Just him, the camera, and I end up keeping it in the actual show because Razor on his own is far more scary than Razor talking to someone. You know, <laughs> he, has his, he has his own thoughts and started putting, you know, putting on little voices and doing little plays. It was hilarious. But, yeah, he's a top guy. Really, really. I, I had lots of time for Razor. Right, okay, so we've got Nige, we've got, we've got Glenn, we've got Ray. We've got one more. We've got centre-half. Who's the second centre-half then? Oh, yeah, Christian Daly. Oh, this this is a this is getting a good set. You can tell you're a coach. I'm liking this team already. Christian Daly uh, was very much a, a, a hammer and tongs man. He was, you know, very much a, a hard centre back. I thought he, he always played with, with heart and always played with desire. And you know, he was sort of a good good role model as far as you know, always pushing himself in every game. You know, and uh, mm. I think that sort of summed up a. Uh, the the type of people we had at the club at the time was you know people that always worked hard and always pushed themselves to be their best and you know he was a he was a great example of that. Yeah, totally, totally. And he's I mean he's that sort of yeah, we love a play like that, don't we, West Ham? We love that or we have you know recent times like James Collins or or Craig Dawson if we forget Saturdays. Um, and he got set off, but but you know, but that sort of yeah, just put everything in the body, you know, just to stop that goal going in and there's something very West Ham about those types of players, you know, Billy Bonds, Alvin Martin, like rugged players, and, and Christian was that. And uh, I never forget when we when we uh, it was the first playoffs, and he uh, we'd obviously beaten Ipswich at, at Argaff, and you know, and we gave him the mic, and he did this sort of almost brave heart address to the fans, you know, we're going to go to Cardiff and we're going to win. We didn't win and we're going to win. And it was like, yes, you know, they can take our freedom, but they can't take our Premier League status. <laughs> but they did, unfortunately, but Crystal Palace, oh my God. Uh, right, okay, so there we go. Uh, let's go into midfield. We're we'll 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 playing these four three three now, which we have to because I've changed the graphics, so you, you're stuck with it now. Um, who's the first one of that three then? In the midfield? Okay. Sorry, who was that? Oh, yes. Love John Monker. Yeah, one of the funniest guys, I think, without really telling many jokes, it was just him as a character. He was just a funny, funny guy. And, you know, growing up around him as well, you know, he was always two footed. You know, he could pass with any foot. And probably for me, a really underrated player. Yeah. Um, he, was, he was so technically gifted. Probably, you know, when I got there, he probably lacked a little bit of pace, but he just read the game and did things. Um, so well, and it was just so so eye-opening to see a player that could play really well with both feet. And you know, from from seeing him, and he'd always say that to us, you know, you got to play with both feet. And from that then on, you know, we would always practice both feet, and it, it's it was so such a different way of, of looking at, at a game where he he was so comfortable with both. Mm. It was fantastic his range of passing. Yeah, I mean, he's you know we've obviously we've interviewed a lot of players who have played around your that era, um, and and just the stories and you know and we've had John on as well, you know, and it was brilliant because like John obviously sounds, he's, oh he's, he's a crackpot, absolute crackpot, and he's like but he's because he's like he's found God, isn't he now? So he's he's a bit like reserved, and then we started talking, yeah. and this glint just started appearing in his eye, and then like it was like Tourette's, 
He just came out. Of, oh, and this one time I did this, and this one time I went naked and did it. It's like he'd been all gone. <laughs> just came out the real job came out in his golf stuff of course because he just got off the off the fairway um right okay john's in who's next then rich oh yeah great player yeah obviously stupid mates with mike and you know as did, did fantastic for the club and has, has had a fantastic career um all around good guy and yeah i think you know he's probably one of those success stories that's come out of west Ham. Yeah, and, and and again, similar to John, you know, I, I think I think I think John's very un, underrated as a as a footballer because I think you know his 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 latter day career when he was like the yellow card merchant, um, yeah. you know, sort of took over. But he was, as you said, incredibly gifted at you know obviously Swindon and and Glenn Glenn Hoddle wanted him to come to Chelsea and because he was that good a player, you know, and in terms of footballing, um, Carrick's the same because Carrick's one of those players I, I see it as a I call him the the puzzle piece, the last puzzle piece. You don't know you necessarily need that puzzle piece, but when it's not there, you need him. Every club yeah. he's gone to, they haven't replaced him. Us, Tottenham, Man United haven't replaced him. He just brings something. He's just a glue. Um, he's, a, I think, he's a, a, he was a fantastically underrated player because it was always Joe and Rio and Frank and then Michael. Yeah. You know, in terms of how they they spoke about them, but no, should have had a lot more England caps of words, in my opinion. Anyway, um, right, John, Michael. This is a great midfield. Who we got in that third spot? I'll go. I'll go for Joe. Joe can, you know, another another good story out of um, out of my youth team. That yeah, Joe was fantastic. By the way, I don't have to be in his team, do I? No, you don't have to. You can if you want to get the appearances up. I mean, some people do, but it's up to you, Rich. You know. Oh, you cap? Do I get an appearance for that? Yeah, you get, you get a cap. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a special cap. Yeah, <laughs> I changed Wikipedia. Go on, I'll be all right. But yeah, Joe. I mean, Joe, amazing player. You know. Um, you know, the whole country was talking about him when he first came to the youth team and mm. uh, special, special player. And yeah, look, I, th I think he, he sort of always had the confidence um, of a player of his ability and uh, he always showed that on the park. And, you know, he really, for me, really came onto the scene fantastic and, and, and played some very, very good games at a young age for West Ham. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. Yeah, you're, you're right. And, you know, we, we should be having him on soon, uh, hopefully. And, and, and uh, you know, there's, I mean, uh, you obviously felt a pressure, obviously coming from Australia. Um, imagine like everyone, all your family and friends in Australia wanted to see how Richie's doing, how Richie's doing. As you said with Joe, he came into the youth team and the whole country knew about this kid. You know what I mean? At such an early age. And it doesn't matter what anyone says, that must have been a tremendous pressure on his shoulders um, because everyone, and then obviously that youth team, FA Youth King, you know, that game at Covent against Coventry Upton Park with how many thousands of people lining the outside of the pitch. And yeah, it's um he's one of those stories. And I just think he's a and I think he's a fantastic analyst on BT Sport. He's brilliant. He just gets it, you know. Um a bit like Rio. Rio just gets it as well. And I think it's a coincidence they both played for West Ham and they're both fantastic <laughs> analysts. <laughs> right, okay. Right, we've got Carrick, we've got Monker, we've got Joe in the midfield. Three. Let's go the three up front. Who's going to be the Who's going to be the top three? Who's your first one? Look, it's like it's hard to pick any of those players for it. There's so many players in every position that you can pick. Um, I'll go for I'll go for up top. I'll go um, Jermaine Defoe. Yeah, let me put Jermaine. In. Yeah, let's put Jermaine in. Where is Where's Where's Jermaine? He was uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, Jermaine Defoe. I mean, you know we. Uh, Everyone says, you know, all the players, you know, best best striker, best finisher of the ball they've ever seen. 
Would you agree? Very much so, you know, and it was sort of like, the well, I won't want to compare him, but, you know, Riley was there, at, I think it was at the same time or maybe just, just before, yeah. and seeing, you know, clips of Riley and seeing his movement and the way they finished and, you know, for me, they were very, very similar and, and he was very much a natural finisher um, and got himself in great positions. Um, yeah, so... I think another guy who came in at a young age and really, really achieved and went went on and, and had a fantastic career. So yeah, Jermaine, he's always got a goal on him. He's, he's always get, he's always getting there somewhere to, to find a goal. Still scoring now, still scoring yeah. now. You know, yeah, so, crazy, right? Okay, we'll put Jermaine in. Who's next? Um, obviously Paolo. Yeah. We'll remember, you remember Paolo Di Canio? Well done, David James. But yeah, remember Paolo Di Canio? Yeah. Yeah, pretty hard to go past Paolo, you know. Um, he probably was in his peak when he was at West Ham and, you know, some of the performances were, were mesmerising. Um, some of the off-the-ball stuff as well was mesmerising. Another another strange cat. Um, but, yeah, look, he was the, he was a, a good professional as well. You know, he was probably one of those guys that sort of came into to English football and probably had a little bit more professionalism about him and the way he went about body and the way he, he did things. So, you know... Was probably the first guy that I saw that really sort of took care of their body and made sure that they were um, doing extras and doing other things that uh, probably a guy of his standing probably wouldn't need to do, um, but yeah. just made sure himself was, was fantastic. So, and then again, you know, the quality that he had, and you know, I would see him put people on their on their ass time after time, you know, just chopping the ball and he would continue to do it. Do, yeah, we get it. And it's like, well, how do you how do you keep doing this? How do they keep falling for it? Um, but he was he was fantastic around the place as well. Yeah, that's that's what. Yeah, just again, similar to John, I think in terms of storytelling, he loved to tell stories about the players he's played with at Milan and da, 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 and yeah, incredible player, incredible man. Right, okay, we've got Defoe, we've got De Canio. Who's the third? Who's the last piece of this puzzle? Then, Rich, uh, I'll go Trevor Sinclair because oh, you can't get Sinclair after that goal, you know. So <laughs> no, nah, but Trev, look, I, I really looked up to Trev when when I was younger. I thought. Um, he was uh, all around good person and good player. You know, he uh, he always played with a smile on his face. Um, he's a guy who I saw work hard every day, regardless whether he felt like working hard or not. He just had that. I think that was just in him to work hard. And um, you know, he was very very talented as well. You know, he he had um, an, an eye for goal, but then he could produce assists all the time. And, yeah. uh, you know, I thought, I thought that. When he was in at that West Ham team, you know, you know, he made the England team in that period of his life as well. He, he was fantastic, so um, he was he was very good to have around the place and, and very much a role model for me. Yeah, and it was interesting actually. We've had, we've had Trevor on the on the channel, and and we, we spoke about obviously moving from QPR to to West Ham, and he he didn't because he was so downhearted he was downhearted at QPR. I think Joe Francis had just left, and you know, and, and he didn't think he was going to get into the West Ham team. When he turned, turned up, we saw these players, and he's like, "I wasn't going to get." Them. I was like, really, <laughs> Trevor Sinclair, you know, and made he scored two goals, goals in your debut. I mean, last person to do that since since Jaylings, the other, you know, this season. But um, yeah, he's a, a fantastic player. Uh, again, he was just a, a guy who was um, he never seemed to score a tap in. Do you know what I mean? Every goal was just like some stupid. Yeah, I love players like that. And that's the team. Where's the team? Let me bring up. There we team. Look at that team. Let me take out Trev. Sorry, Trev. Not literally take you out, but there we go. Oh, that's a good team, Rich. I can tell you a coach, man. I can tell you a coach. 
No, I don't know. You know, I could add to that. There's so many, look, there's so many players that have come across. Of course across. you can. It's, it, honestly, it's, it, we really were lucky um, yeah. to, to be in such an environment where, you know, who was talking about it the other day? Dove or Suka was in, was in the side, you know, like at one point. He went, the guy just finished. I think it, the, the year he came, that he, I think he got top goal scorer in the Euros the year before or something like that. And you're thinking, you know, you've come across all these players and you just don't realise how many players you've come across in such a short period of time at, at one club as well. So, yeah. Very, very blessed to have that time at West That's exactly the way I, I look at it, Richard. It's like, you know, we had an incredible bunch of players at that time, a real conveyor belt of youth team players coming through with these sort of seasoned old, old, older players. Plus, Harry would love to get, you know, a foreign, foreign signing, Radachoy, Ili Dimitrescu, these type, Hugo Porfilio, Danny, they're all, they're all there. They're all there. Yeah. <laughs> Rich man, thank you. He did. He did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> we'll just, enough said. Enough said. Anyway, thank you. So, listen, uh, yeah, we'll move on for anything happened. But anyway, um, Rich, thank you so much. I, yeah, I don't want to take any more of your time. I pre- appreciate it. It's, it's late night over there. So, um, thank you so much for your time. I really, really thoroughly enjoyed this last well 40 minutes has flown by. So, thank you so much, man. It's been a real pl- privilege. Thank you. Um, well, thank you. It's been my pleasure. And also, thank you to everyone for watching. Um, whatever you do, give it a like, give it a share, give it a subscribe. And from myself and from Rich, take care, everyone. Stay safe. Uh, wash those hands. Get those jabs when you get your appointments. Um, come on, you irons. And we'll see you in whatever league we're in. <laughs> take care, everyone. Much love. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.